Hello and welcome to Beer and Bunt. My name's Chris. Uh, it's just a solo effort today, so just myself. I will explain the reasoning why in a bit, but we'll go straight on to our try and test it for this episode. So this one is called Roll With It and it's from Vocation. Now it's a double dry hopped pale ale. It's 5.2%. Um, it's one of those beers that I kind of overlooked quite a lot every time I used to go like beer shopping. I think it's one of those ones because Vocation are quite a big brand. Sometimes you think, oh, is it going to be one of their more generic style of beers? Because some of the beers that they make, some I really enjoy. Some are a bit like, hmm, I could take it or leave it. But this one, I say it's a double dry hot pale ale, 5.2%. Uh, let's have a look at the blurb. This is a free and easy pale with super juicy hops and a pillowy soft mouthfeel. It's the perfect beer for good times in life. It's hazy, hoppy and dangerously drinkable. Okay, so it's got Amarillo and Citra hops. Now, the colour is like a hazy, golden kind of colour, a light gold colour. Uh, on the aroma, you do sense a little bit of the slight fruity tinges. You do get a little bit of the hoppiness, but it's not a particularly pungent smell. So bear with me a second while I have a quick swig. Okay, so the initial part is you do get a very, very juicy, juicy flavour. Quite citrusy, quite light. Not too intense on the flavour. You do get a bit of a smooth, hoppy taste throughout it. Doesn't really, kind of sits in the middle. It's not really at the start or the beginning. But it's one of those beers that, it, I think it's a very nice beer for the sun, like the summer. If you're having a barbecue or just chilling with some friends or you just wanted something... A bit, a bit more texture and flavour to it, but nothing that's going to be like quite a heavy drink. I think it's one of those beers that, you know, it sits nicely in the middle. So, plenty of flavour, nice subtle tones, but again, it's not one that, it's not going to be in your face like, oh, I can have half of this and I need to, you know, share it with somebody else. But no, um, see if I can pick up any more flavours. Now, maybe a slight touch of, maybe it's a little bit of a peach flavour. Um, I'm not a massive lover of peach, but that's probably the best way that I can describe it at the start. And so, and then you get that citrusy flavours, and then you get the that little bit of hoppiness uh, towards the end, mainly through the middle, though. But yeah, overall, I think it's a very, very juicy and a very well-balanced beer uh, throughout. So if you haven't tried it, I'd definitely give it a, you know, give it a blast. You'll, I think you'll... Be pleasantly surprised is probably the best way I can describe it. Uh, right, so the reason why it's just myself and also the same reason why uh, the podcast episode is slightly later than expected. I've actually been a little bit self-indulgent really and uh, I've been away on holiday. So I have uh, been to the beautiful island of Lanzarote, a place called Costa Teguise. So we were quite fortunate because it's the first time that We've been on holiday for three years properly. Obviously, you have the little breaks in the UK. Um, but it's one of those ones where proper escapism, sun beating down, plenty of nice beers, plenty of nice food. It was <laughs> three years well worth the wait, I would say. Uh, but yeah, overall, um, that's the reason why it's just myself, because I haven't had time to 
um, arrange uh, co-hosts for me this time. And yeah, and that's the reason why it's not going to affect any having it's not its normal release date at the end of the month. So we were actually quite lucky, really, because when we went to Lanzarote, um, it was three days after they had toned down the restrictions. So the guidance on wearing masks and a bit more freedom to move and things like obviously people are still wearing masks you still have to wear them on transport and things like kind of like it was for us early on um like when we started easing things in in england but yeah overall it was a lot nicer to go somewhere where you didn't have to watch you know permanently what you're wearing what you were doing you didn't have to keep like weird spaces from everybody it was just actually a, a, probably the first time going abroad where you felt like there's a bit more of a normality and there was no mention of the dreaded, you know, P word. But yeah, um, we've never actually been to Lanzarote before. Um, now, I've been to three of the Canary Islands in total. Now, I've been to the Balearic Islands, I've been to mainland Spain, I've been to the Canary Islands. Canary Islands, for me, are my favourite. Um, I think it's one of those things where... There is a really nice mix of having nice weather, nice food, not massively overpopulated. Um, but me personally, I struggle with having places too hot. I like a, a nice breeze just to take the edge off. And I think that's where the Canaries like are really good for the likes of myself and my kids because they're exactly the same. You know, you, you want that cooling breeze just to... You know, take the edge off, so it's it's a more comfortable heat because you know they're off. It's just off the Sahara, so it's not <laughs> it's not a tame weather environment at all. But because you have those breezes, you just don't realise um, how much heat is actually going on. But yeah, for me, I thought it was absolutely beautiful. It was really nice. Um, the other places we've been to in the Canaries was Tenerife was when I was younger. Obviously, you always have to have that kind of lads' holiday, so to speak, or girls' holiday. You know, when you're in your late teens. Um, Tenerife for me was... It was a bit too busy. There's a lot of highly built up hotels. A lot of party. It's 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 geared for you more of like your Ibiza goers really. That That's generally what there is. I mean there's a place like uh, Costa Adeji. And um, you know it's supposed to be a bit more family friendly. But we went to play that's America. So you know right in the middle of where <laughs> all the party central is really you know people trying to all the tapes trying to drag you in giving you like free shots or you know random concoctions of spirits uh yeah so for me overall i wasn't a huge fan of Tenerife. i like the environment a bit like the weather environment but it was just a bit too a bit too in your face for my liking um a few years back about five six years ago i think me and my wife went to Fuerteventura. Now, Fuerteventura was one of the first holidays that uh, my wife booked and I didn't have total control over. So I didn't actually know where we were going, what the place was like. I actually thought, you know what, I'll give myself a surprise. When we actually come in to land on Fuerteventura was when I was initially concerned because it's a long thin island so when we come from the uk we literally fly past it and then it does a u-turn and then comes back and lands now as we were coming in uh because Fuerteventura is the least populated one of all the major islands there's a lot of natural habitat 
So as we were flying in, I looked out the window and saw a couple of pockets of white buildings were essentially a large brown dirt rock. And that was it. <laughs> yeah, Nothing else. And I, I believe on, on the plane, I turned around to my wife and said, what on earth have you done here? Um, and to be honest, I ate my words within two days because I absolutely loved it. We went to a place called um, Coleta de Fuste. Um, and absolutely beautiful place. It's really nice because there was a nice balance of not being overpopulated, but like every kind of 200 meters throughout the town there's a little play area and there's always little bars opposite so if you've got kids with you it's a nice balance for those two so you're not on each other's feet but you can always make sure that your kids are safe um there was a beautiful alcove uh because there's a massive hotel um and essentially what they've done because it's located right on the beach they've custom made this alcove so they've imported all like golden sand so it was all that was in the process of being done when we went um but yeah it was like and it was because it was a cove it cut off from the wind so if you are a sun worshiper and you like the baking heat it was perfect for that because it literally just cut every single thing off um but it was really pretty you could have a lovely coastal walk up to the next town which is uh costa antigua um which is about 15 20 minute walk so if you wanted something different or go for some different restaurants or bars that was quite good um but yeah, I really, really like that. We did also, when we go um, abroad, we also like to go and venture out to different places. So when we were there, we uh, jumped on a bus all the way through um, Puerto Rosario and then connecting bus all the way up to Coraleco. And Coraleco is uh, where all the sand dunes are, uh, where all the, sun, uh, all the sand being brought over from the Sahara. Uh, and that was a bit more a bit more of a bigger destination, so a bit more traditional what you'd expect when you go into a Spanish resort um, but not again not massively over the top so it was still quite a nice balance um, but also straight over you could catch a ferry to Lanzarote as well because they're literally right opposite each other uh, yeah that was quite nice um, but with Lanzarote when we went it was I would say it was a little bit more built up than Fuerteventura but still managed to keep that more relaxed feel much more of a family focus much more of a friendly feel to it so, I, I, I really like them. I, my two favourite ones are Fuerteventura and Lanzarote, um, for people who haven't been. So, if, if you haven't been, you've always been wondering. Those are the ones I'd probably recommend. If you are a bit younger, I mean, I doubt you very much listening to um, a beer review podcast. But maybe Tenerife is probably going to be, you know, more of the place to go. We do want to tick off uh, Gran Canaria as well, but I get the feeling it's going to be a bit more closer akin to Tenerife rather than Lanzarote and Fuerteventura but hey as soon as we go I'm sure I'll be a delayed podcast again and I'll uh, <laughs> I'll fill in the gaps for you but yeah so that's the reason why we were it's slightly delayed so please accept my apologies uh, but normal service will be resumed moving forward uh, and I'll be trying to get some more guests in now I'm just going to quickly finish this beer so we can move on to the um, Peter Falk for the episode so the tried and tested was Roll With It from Vocation. And it's got their special edition can, which has kind of got the old-fashioned uh, turtle mascot with a, um, a top hat on. And I do like it. I think it's got a bit of a rustic feel to it. Um, it's not really like a Looney Tune, is it? It's more like a 1920s, 1930s caricature. But um, yeah, it's definitely... I do like the styling of it. I promise I can't actually remember what the traditional can looks like now, which is the other part. 
Uh, right, so the Peter Fogg for this episode is from Loch Lomond Brewery, and it's called Prospect Street. So this is a West Coast IPA. Uh, it's 5.5%. Now, it's got Chinook, Cascade, and Columbus hops. It's got tropical fruits and pine aroma. Mm, things that generally, you know, draw to my palate. Soft caramel and citrus fruits. Now, I'm a bit concerned about the caramel, because what does that mean? Is it going to be an intense burnt caramel flavour? I'm not too sure. And it also does say it's got a bittersweet finish. So... This could be a beer that I really, really like, or I really, really detest. Like most cases with the West Coast Ice Bays. I haven't tried this, I don't know anything about it. So, uh, uh, surprisingly clear, that could, could be the face, you know, the way it's just uh, rested in the can. Uh, there is a haze to it, and doesn't look overly carbonated or anything like that. Um, probably similar in colour, so again, a light golden colour um, on the look. Um, surprisingly, not much on the aroma. I smell a little bit of the hops, but I can't read. There's no defining, like, flavours or anything that's, like, popping out that's quite intense. So, that's quite surprising. Well, let's, let's have a quick swig and see what happens. Okay, so the initial thing that you do get with this one is a distinct bitterness straight from the off. Um, I kind of I vaguely understand what they mean with the caramel, but to be honest, it's much more of a pine flavour for me. Um, so you've got that pine bitterness. Something you kind of probably closely associate with more on... More like a winter uh, beer. You can get some of the special Christmas ones that are like pine flavoured. It's kind of got that initial that initial bite from it. Um, I do pick up some, some very subtle tropical fruit notes. Now, I can't... I have to say tropical fruit because I can't determine any individual fruit flavour. And it, as I say, they're, very, they're not very overpowering at all. It's very much all about that bitterness and the pine flavour from that beer um, but the I say you get the bitterness straight from the off and it does follow through but there's no additional bite at the end that you get sometimes with the beers um, I'll have another quick swig just so you can pick up anything else yeah no I can't um, <clears throat> no it's very much just that pine with a very subtle caramel flavour and I say once you've finished drinking you do also get those slight, very, very subtle tropical fruit notes. Um, but if you're more of a fan of your heavy-hitting kind of hoppier beers, I think that's definitely going to be right up your street. If you don't like uh, like strong bitterness inside your beers, probably say it's not going to be up your street. It's well, always worth trying because you may pick up different flavours to me because, as I've said before... Everybody's palate is completely different, so certain things I will pick up and won't, and certain things I'll miss. And then when you drink it, you'll pick up all these like tropical fruit flavors, and then maybe the bitterness doesn't, you know, doesn't highlight itself that much. So I think it's, uh, I think it's definitely worth a blast. Look, Lemon Brewery, though, generally I quite like a lot of the beers that they make, so there's always going to be some that you don't really get on with, but 
<clears throat> I think it's pleasant. It's just not one of theirs that I would rush to. There's so many other ones that I really, really like. So that's probably what I would go to more. But it's, uh, yeah. I say, especially if you're a West Coast fan, what you got to lose. So, but yeah, that was the, that's the Peter Falk of this episode. Prospect Street from Loch Lumman Brewery. Now, since I've uh, spoken to you last, um, I actually, we found out about the loss of a good sports person. Now, the person I'm talking about is Nigel Pearson, not the football manager, but um, he was a sports host on Talk Sport. He hosted the commentary for the PDC Darts on Sky Sports. He also um, used to commentate on the British and Speedway GPs, uh, so if you're into your bikes. Now, my actual first uh, meeting with Nigel Pearson was at Speedway, because I used to follow um, Dudley Heathens, which became Cradley Heathens again, which was a, a Speedway team that kind of became defunct in the 90s. Uh, and they tried to bring them back. Uh, we've had some success, really, for probably about 10 years or so. Um, but it was always a thing of uh, trying to find a track that they could ride on as their own. So it was that was brought back by Nigel Pearson, Gary Patchett and Chris Van Stratton. Um, I do apologise if I got the name wrong there, Chris, but the surname seems to have gone out of my mind. Um, but yes, so Nigel was one of the ones, he was really personable, um, he had a lot of influence in developing like the young riders, trying to get them in, giving them a fair shot, he, he always knew his stuff as well, um, you know, every rider that like came into contact with him has got a good heartwarming story about him. Um, we used to talk when we used to obviously see each other at the speedway track but when I used to work in um, a gaming retailer um, over in the Duddy direction uh, he used to bring his young son in and we used to have like quite good conversations there um, I think it's quite easy for <clears throat> people like TV personalities sometimes to get a bit up themselves, especially especially like someone you now with like Nigel CV, like with I say, commentates on the PDC Darts for fifteen years, being a really prominent figure in uh, Speedway, and also being a big West Bromwich Albion fan on and talking about uh, football on Talk Sport. I think it's really easy for someone to get like an inflated sense of self importance, where Nigel never did. Um, it didn't matter who you were what your knowledge was, what you were talking to him about. He was one of those people that always had time for anybody who was in front of him. Um, he was always a really, really kind-hearted man, would love to have a chat about anything, as long as you want, basically wanted to talk about something, he would find some way to um, you know, get associated with you and have a good old natter. And it didn't matter. It never, you never felt like you were encroaching on his time. He always made you feel really welcome. So, of course, when we had the surprise news um, that he'd passed away a few weeks back, initially I thought he might be a bit of a hoax. Um, but it wasn't until um, 
because I'm friends with some of the Speedway riders um, on social media as well, and I started seeing their tributes come through, um, I realised that he actually wasn't a hoax and he genuinely had passed away. I think he was about 52 years old, uh, which, you know, let's be honest, in today's world is absolutely nothing. But I do gen- I actually wanted to just uh, dedicate a little bit of time to Nigel because... I, he always made me feel like a, a really like my, your opinion was valid so he was actually somebody I was hoping to get on the podcast at some point to be a little bit further down the line uh, obviously that's not going to be the case now um, but I always thought that it, like his insight into things would have been um, you know it would have been such an interesting listen he probably would have, the podcast already would have gone on for two hours but I would have been sitting there listening to every single word he had to say because he was just a really intelligent really nice really pleasant man um, and I think the world is uh, a darker place for him being gone so I do pass my condolences on to his wife kids uh, brother you know, and the rest of the family as well and also to anybody um, who had close contact with him you know, I think we all feel a little bit sadder for the, him being gone. So I'm just going to quickly raise my glass to Nigel. May you rest in peace. Uh, and yeah, that's my little bit of sadness. But I, want, I wanted to talk about it really because I think it's important, especially over the last couple of years, the way that the world has been. Um, it's easy to sometimes forget uh, the horror. You know, the positives in the horrible things that can happen and although it is sad that he's gone I, I I kind of see it as more of a celebration that um, he was, I, I was fortunate enough to actually spend time with him um, and actually just enjoy his company so Nigel here's for you yes yeah, so uh, in other I'll do a little, little bit of sporting news because I'm actually not going to do some sport at the end really Um but we have had the NFL draft. Um, I'm very briefly going to talk about American football. You know it's always going to come. Uh, <laughs> so, but the more important part is, so anybody who doesn't know what the NFL draft is, very briefly, uh, basically all 32 teams across the NFL uh, get their chance to pick the up-and-coming players from college teams. Now, the worst-performing team from the previous season gets the first overall pick. Working their way down to the person who the team who won the Super Bowl. It goes over three days. There's seven rounds, and then whoever's not being drafted at the end, they become undrafted free agents, and then any team can pick them up. They tend to kind of slot into the more special teams rather than the first team straight away. But that's a bit more technical. I won't go. I won't bore you with that because I know I was bored about American football previously. Uh, but the most important thing for me is the NFL UK have announced their teams and the Green Bay Packers, which obviously my team, um, they're coming over. They've actually announced the dates. I believe it was 9th of October. No, I'm not too sure. Now I've put myself on the spot. Um, the biggest problem with the uh, NFL UK tickets is always, they sell it within 10 minutes. Loads of scalpers try and sell them for inflated uh, prices on the internet. And you generally get the opportunity to miss out on, you know, possibly a once in a lifetime opportunity. Uh, so I'm going to be going all in. Um, <laughs> hopefully I can get a season ticket for uh, two of the games, which I believe the other game is, it's 
Packers versus Giants, and the other game will be Vikings versus Saints. So hopefully I can get a season ticket. If not, I'd like to try and get the individuals. And if I don't get any of those, looks like I'm going to go into hospitality. Maybe expensive, but like I said, it's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. So if my wife is listening, I do apologise. That's where all the money's going. <laughs> uh, right, so um, that was the end of my sporting bit. So the Peter Falk for this episode was Prospect Street from Loch Lamond Brewery, West Coast IPA. If you like your uh, hoppy beers, that's definitely one for you. If you're not a massive uh, hoppy, like bitter hoppy fan, might be worth just being a bit care- a bit cautious. Get get them to split with somebody. It's probably the best way I can say it. Right. So the around the world for this episode is from Malpis Brewery, and it's called Bermea. And it is a red IPA. Now, surprisingly enough, this beer is all the way from Lanzarote. Who saw that coming? Uh, So it's 6.7%. It's basically, I am not very good at my Spanish, so no idea what's actually in it. They haven't really put a lot on the label anyway. However, I do think the label is very cool. It's kind of like a um, geometric uh, pattern, but textured. And there's like certain parts cut out. It's quite it's, it's quite a nice label, really, especially for like something you'd expect from a, a like you know it's. I should say it's a relatively small brewery, really, if it's based in the Canaries, especially with something like the you know, the craft beer scene. I can't imagine it being uh, a massive target area uh, for craft beer brewers, but clearly there's a demand for it. So I can't actually remember if I've had a red IPA before. <clears throat> it kind of, I'm sure I have, but. Let's be honest, once you've had a few beers, it could be anything. So, but it's, it's kind of, it is, it's a, I would say it's an amber kind of colour really. A bit closer to like a, uh, an English bittering colour. Um, slightly hazy. Now there is a strange aroma and I can't pinpoint exactly what that aroma is. I only get a feeling it might be a bit caramelly, might be a bit fruity, but there's definitely something there. I'm quite intrigued with this one. It could be really beautiful, utterly horrendous, but there's only one way to find out, so bear with me one moment. Mm. Now, there is a bit of a, a slight burnt caramel taste to it. Um... You do pick up the hops, not massively bitter. Um, there is a bitterness there, but again, that's going from like the burnt caramel flavour as well as the hops. I can't really pick up any. There is a bit of like a there's a fruity lightness to the beer, but if you ask me what kind of fruits would be in there, I wouldn't have a clue. They're not they're not really prominent flavours. They are just more of a. Um, it's just there, just to very subtly lighten the flavour of the beer, the, like like the body of it. But there's not really much I can properly identify. Um, and also, being 6.7%, that really doesn't taste that strong. So, again, I should say that's quite a dangerous beer. Um, yeah, it, I literally can only pick up the very subtle caramel... Slight hoppiness from the hops, little bit of undetermined fruit, um, 
But no, that's about it. It's very, very pleasant. Uh, probably say, surprisingly enough, from being in, like a uh, craft beer brewed in the Canaries, I'd probably say it is subtle more, like touch more towards the winter kind of autumn flavours rather than being a, a sunny beer. Um, you know, it's not really one you'd jump to for a barbecue. But it is very, very pleasant and very, very enjoyable. So if you are over in the Canaries or if one of your friends is going over, I believe you can get them for about 13, three bottles of 13 euros in the airport. It's time to grab a random selection. But yeah, I uh, I quite enjoyed that. So, right. Now, moving on to my final subject of the episode. So, you can tell things are going a bit more back to normal because a local event that I haven't been to actually for probably about 10 years. Um, in my defence, I didn't live local to it. So, um, But surely uh, Craft Beer Fest- Beer Insider Festival is returning this year. Uh, it's actually uh, the weekend of the 13th and 14th of May. So for anybody who doesn't know uh, anything about it, essentially it's a big charity event at a uh, rugby club based in the Solial area. It's quite easy to get to, to be honest. It's on, like, it's close to quite big train routes. So if you do fancy venturing over, I'd definitely have a look at it. But essentially what they, what they do is get loads of random beers from different craft uh, breweries and cider makers. You pay about 18 quid, I think it is, for a ticket. And generally you'll get, you know, that's your entrance fee and you'll get about £8 worth of, like, beer tokens. And you just go along and, you know, I'll have a third of that, I'll have a half of that, I'll have a pint of that. And generally, overall, it's quite a uh, pleasant, enjoyable way to spend a Saturday or a Friday evening. Um, I always quite like uh, doing things like these because uh, it's not just a case of, okay, we're putting on a festival to try and generate as much money as we can to go into, you know, three people's pockets. Um, it's very, it, uh, Camp Hill, the rugby club that it's actually based at, is, um, it's a very big community rugby club and they have a lot of, um, they do a lot of things for the local area, for kids playing and all sorts, and all the kind of money they tend to generate goes back into the club just to try and make it as, you know, cheap as an, and affordable for um, the kids, just to try and give the kids something to do, which, let's be honest, how many times do uh, people across the UK say there's nothing for the kids to do, there's no clubs, there's no social uh, social clubs that can do, or youth clubs or anything like that, so I think they, um, the effort that they, they put into doing these type of events, um, I, I actually think they're really, really worthwhile, and they are nice people as well, which is always an added bonus, but yeah, um, you get beers from all over the place, but I think predominantly there's a lot of there'll be a lot of local West Midland uh, breweries and cider makers about. So um, you can buy the tickets online, so they're available to anybody, and you can then you can see if you can get to it or not. But so anybody in close to a um, a, a rail link, uh, you, I mean to be fair, generally from I would say. Anything from like Manchester, Sheffield, down to like London way. Yeah, give yourself about an hour and a half, but it's doable in that in that uh, time frame on a train. It shouldn't be massively expensive either. So, if you do fancy a day out or you fancy trying something different, um, yeah, have a look at it. 
and give it a blast. It will get busy, but again, it's a fun event. Generally, everybody's happy, everybody's friendly. And uh, yeah, I'm not paid for this, by the way. It's just I genuinely like the place, and I've been, I say, I've been a few times, and uh, I, I think it's a, a cracking way to spend a day. Yeah, I don't, as I've said previously, I don't get any sponsors or anything like that. Um, I literally just, if I like something, I'll promote it. No hidden agenda, just generally a case of you want to live once. So yeah, so that's beer, um, surely beer and uh, craft beer and cider f- festival. I don't know why I'm struggling to say that. Maybe this 6.7% beer is getting a little bit too uh, to my head. So I've been trying to not drink copious amounts recently, and apparently it's biting me on the backside. So, but yeah, um, I'm going to quickly finish off the around the world, and then we'll move on to the wild card. So the around the world was Bermea. Um That was from Malpiece Brewery in Lanzarote. Yeah, and say anybody over in the Canaries, time to grab you a couple of bottles. I, I quite enjoyed that. Different. Now, moving on to the wild card. I've had this wild card for quite some time, really. Um, I've been trying to find out the best time to use it, and I couldn't decide when. And it was for this episode, it's very close between this and another beer. So I should say the other beer is going to be the wild card for the next episode. Uh, but I'm not going to give it away yet. You know, where's the fun in that? Uh, but this one I've had for quite some time, and it is from the Dready B Word Brew Dog. And it is Palmer Violets, a New England IPA. Now, we did a cider special, uh, which had Palmer Violets in, I believe. Um, <clears throat> I like beer, I like Palmer Violets, I like cider, I like Palmer Violets, but the two together definitely didn't work. I get the feeling this is probably going to be along the same sort of lines, because let's face it, the do is a gimmick. Uh, but on the other occasion, sometimes things can surprise you. So... I do like a New England IPA. It's uh, 5.5%. There is literally no other description. Roses are red, violets are beer. That is the full concept on the can. There's literally <laughs> there's literally nothing else it's said. So, uh, colour is closely akin more to the first two beers we had. So, they're kind of very light golden colour. bit hazy. Um... Now, on the nose, unsurprisingly, smells exactly like palmer violets. Like, no ifs, buts, it's just palmer violets. I can't even particularly pick up any hops. It is very much just palmer violets. So, right, I'm going in. Now, that is strange, but a lot better than the palmer violets cider. So you do get that initial palmer violet taste. Everyone knows what it is. If you haven't had palmer violets, there is literally no other way of describing what a palmer violet is. Essentially probably kind of perfume. But, yeah, I'm an 80s child, so I know what these are. I quite like these things. It flows me back to my youth. Um, but you get the palmer violet flavour. Then there's a very, very subtle um, hoppy aftertaste. Nothing major. It's still got that predominant flavour of the palmer violets in your mouth and your nose. Um, that's the definitely the taste you take away. The hops there for a little bit and then they disappear, and you're still left with that palmer violet flavour. If you haven't tried it, 
<clears throat> I think you're still getting a couple of places. Um, but yeah, overall, I'd say it's a lot nicer than I expected it to be. Um, obviously not my favourite beer of all time, but you know that's the whole point of a wild card. It's supposed to be a bit random and, you know, sometimes things work out quite nicely and then other times they don't. Right, so it is that time of the episode now where I have to put things in order. So, in fourth place for this episode, I am going to put Prospect Street from Lucklemon Brewery. Uh, I will say, actually, generally overall, the four beers I would say is they're all being fairly enjoyable. Um, nothing that's really, you know, nothing that needs to go down the drain, which is always a good start. Uh, but that Lucklemon. Brewery Prospect Street, the West Coast IPA. West Coast can be a bit hit and miss for me personally. Um, if you're a West Coast fan, I'm sure you'll love it. For me, it was just, it was just a overpowering bitterness that didn't really bring any of the additional flavours, or at least I couldn't identify them. So, for my palate and the way my palate works, that's definitely in fourth place. Uh, in third place. Um, I say very closely really is the Palmer Violets Brewdog beer yes it's always uh, a gimmick and yes I'm not always a massive Brewdog fan but in this case I say it's definitely an improvement on the Palmer Violet cider um, and it doesn't taste 5.5% either uh, I think he probably could have done with I don't know maybe the balance of the hops just needed slightly changes to make it a really drinkable beer but I don't actually think it needed to be a stronger um, ABV as what it is I think that probably would have made it a little bit more um, sessionable but then again with these beers they tend to do them as more of a one off rather than having it as a uh, you know something you drink lots of but hey it is what it is right moving on to second place uh, I'm going to go for the Bermea which is the uh, red IPA from Lanzarote Um Strange to what I would have said a red IPA is. I mean, it may be just their interpretation of it. But it had a nice balance of a little bit of caramel, you know, some of the hops, some of the uh, very subtle fruitiness, but again, nothing you can identify. But it was one that actually, generally, I could quite happily drink a few bottles of them. So I personally would go probably more autumn time. Uh, just tends to suit that weather for me personally I, I appreciate that beer is just relevant to whatever you enjoy um, but for me personally that's definitely more of a, an autumn beer but I did enjoy it. Um, it it was very very pleasant and to be honest I will be getting more when I can uh, and then obviously that means in first place is Roll With It from Vocation so again a nice balanced beer easy drinking 5.2 you can get it anywhere and if you haven't tried it, I'd definitely recommend it. I think it's a very, very, very enjoyable beer. Right, so, yes, thank you very much for spending time with me once again. Um, I'll try and bring us back to the normal schedule. Obviously, arranging a guest may push me slightly later with the next one, but hopefully from that following following from that point, we'll be back to releasing the episodes at the end of each month. Um, again, if you've got any suggestions or anything you want me to... You know, highlight by all means pop some message on social media or send me an email and I'll try my very best to either get it or have a look into it for you 
But thank you very much. Um, and then, yes, hopefully, with a bit of luck, we'll be getting two episodes in this month. But let's not uh, count your chicken, shall we? But yes, thank you very much, people. And I shall be speaking to you very soon.